Welcome back to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. My name is Keith Thornton. With me, as always, Mike Adams. Mike, what did you think of this week? Uh, crazy week. Had some crazy endings, uh, some kind of big upsets, close games, had a tie in there. Uh, and then following the week, we have our first positive COVID test. So uh, kind of a crazy week and sets up a crazy uh, week four. All right, let's dive into it. All right, let's get started with obviously the biggest headline. Um, we've kind of been waiting for this to happen. I think everyone knew it was going to eventually happen. Our first cases of COVID confirmed in the NFL. Um, Tennessee Titans had five staff and three players uh, diagn- or positive tests. So they are on lockdown. The program has been ended for temporarily. The Vikings that they played last week are also on lockdown. They have said no positive tests. Um, last I heard the game has been postponed to Monday, possibly Tuesday. Um, Mike, what do you think about this? I mean, it, it's something, I th- as you said, it's inevitable. It was going to happen at, at some point. The NFL is not in a bubble like, uh, the NFL and NBA, um, or even like major league baseball will be, I think eventually for maybe the championship rounds. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, it was something, it was something inevitable, honestly, um, but still, I mean, it catches us off guard a little bit. Um, we're, you know, we're kind of seeing the impact. Uh, luckily, it's not like a Notre Dame situation in college football where a game is being postponed, you know, weeks and potentially canceled. Um, from what I've heard that most everyone that's tested positive is asymptomatic. Um, I think there's been maybe one or two people that are showing flu-like symptoms. Luckily, no one on the Vikings is showing anything and there's been no positive tests there. Um, but I mean, it definitely throws a wrinkle in it because I mean, they're saying the facilities are, are closed. So, you know, for teams like the Vikings, you know, how are they practicing? How are they doing anything? I mean, they can really only do virtual stuff. Um, same with, with the Titans that aren't quarantined. So, um, how's that going to set up for, you know, for an NFL game? This isn't little league, this isn't peewee football. Um, and you're basically taking away practice from these guys. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's not the Steelers fault. Like the Steelers shouldn't be punished for this. So, um, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's a strange situation and, and something to kind of keep an eye on, on how it actually works out. Yeah. And I think football is kind of the, the odd sport out here. It's, you know, baseball, they could postpone it a couple of days, play a doubleheader to make it up, or they've got, you know, 160. I think they actually only played 60 something games this year, but still, even then, you could cancel a game and it doesn't, you know, destroy your season. Football, I mean, I even think moving it into Tuesday could be a mistake because you can't play two games this impactful on your body within a week, or you're going to have some serious injuries, especially on a year that we've already seen devastating injuries all the way across the board. I don't think they can. I, I honestly wouldn't push it past Monday. If it can't be played Monday, just don't play it. Um, and that's the that's the worst part because they can't really move it into a bye week slot because that just totally screws the entire schedule up. So uh, NFL's in this really, I think they have to play it Monday or not at all. And then not at all. What's that do to the playoff standings? So it's going to be nuts. Honestly, I think they're just gonna have to play it without those players is really what I think is going to happen. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what should happen, honestly, is if those players aren't clear, they just need to play without them. Um, I mean, it, it, as crazy as it sounds, I think the NFL probably should have considered just, I mean, and again, this is kind of a crazy, you know, scenario, but it makes the most sense because of this situation is they honestly should have just said, hey, uh, we're going to play teams are going to play 16 consecutive weeks and then, you know, or 17, whatever it is now. Uh, and then that last week of the season is going to be a makeup week for this particular scenario. Um, in case there are games that can't be played or that have to be delayed. Um, because again, it's also not fair if the Steelers squeak into the playoffs because they played one less game and technically their win percentage is higher. Um, you know, that's not, that's not a fair situation or the Titans if that happens with them either. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a, it's a crazy situation, but, um, again, I mean, it's something, something we knew was going to happen eventually since they aren't in a bubble. Um, especially when you have people like the Raiders going out to charity events, not wearing masks and things like that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's going to happen, but we'll see how this actually impacts the game and how it actually impacts the schedule. It's something to, you know, we'll definitely be talking about more, I'm sure next week and probably the week after. Yeah. So I think a couple of things that they could probably do, the only things I could think that would make sense are um, push the playoffs back a week, uh, basically give everyone a, by week after the season before the wild card round starts and let the makeup games happen. Cause you got to imagine there's going to be more than this one game. Uh, it's not like yeah. just the Steelers and Titans are going to be playing on that week 18 or whatever. So I think you, whether you need one or two weeks, whatever, push it back between the playoffs and the after and the posts or the regular season end and play those games there. Because I just don't think the bye weeks are going to work right now, the way that they're set up. Um, the other thing is, uh, just call it a tie, I guess. I mean, that's it, essentially what you're going to be doing if you cancel a game um, because it's going to count as a tie essentially going into the playoffs because they're not a loss. They didn't win. Um, and then that's going to get real confusing too because you're going to have ties all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it. It it's a crazy scenario. And and again, this the NFL just doesn't, like you said, you can't really do a double header or even two games. In a, I mean, I guess technically you could do you know, two games in, in a short, in a five or six day period, but it's, it's not good. It's not good on, on someone's body, especially when you got someone like Ben Roethlisberger, who, you know, the guy, you know, watching those reports, he can barely walk for a day or two after a game. So if he plays on a Tuesday, it means he's probably not even going to practice until Friday for the first time. And then, you know, it's basically a Friday practice and then a walkthrough on Saturday and that's all he gets. So um, kind of an unfair advantage for this, you know, or, or unfair um, disadvantage for the Steelers who, you know, are not guilty in any way in this. Um, you know, they're kind of being punished for another team. So, uh, and so are potentially the Vikings. So um, again, it's definitely, definitely kind of crazy, but I mean, I'm sure the NFL hopefully has a plan. We'll see. Yeah. And I think yeah, that, that Ben Rossford <laughs> thing is an interesting point because I think one of the things that, I could see happening is that if they move it to a Tuesday game, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play um, yep. because in the grand scheme of things, he has to be ready for the next Sunday. So uh, like you said, if he's, if he's feeling that bad and a lot of veteran players are going to feel the same way, some of the younger guys, they can, they can do it. Um, it may turn into a preseason esque game, uh, getting to see some younger guys in there because some of the veterans might not want to play that tight of a schedule. 
Well, th- well, that, and then think about those two teams. You think about how physical Tennessee's defense is, how physical Pittsburgh's defense is. I mean, those guys are going to be beat up and banged up after that game. So, I mean, I would almost, I mean, kind of play it, like you said, like a preseason game or or even a, a college or high school game where maybe Roethlisberger, you know, plays the first half or he plays select series, basically, um, and then have whoever the backup is now, Mason Rudolph or whoever number two is now there, um, play the other series, you know, and take a little bit of that workload off. And um, but again, that's that's kind of the Steelers getting punished for you know exactly. someone else. So um, you know, again, we'll see how it goes. I guess. So one more quick question. I heard this today. You were talking about the Raiders out uh, at charity events not having masks on. The NFLPA released a statement today saying that if coaches keep going against the rules, breaking the rules, right now they're getting fined. They said that there could be suspensions and even draft pick loss in the future for teams not complying with COVID, especially after this Titan situation and how messy it's going to be. Do you agree with the penalties, potential penalties, I guess? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, I think if they lose a draft pick because – a coach lowers his mask for a second to, you know, because, you know, to say something into a microphone and then puts it right back up, that's fine. But I mean, you're seeing these guys like Sean McVay um, and those guys that are either just outright taking the mask off or they're wearing it as a chin strap, basically. And, you know, it's technically on their face, but not actually covering anything. Um, And there are several examples of that throughout the NFL. Um, and they're, they're keeping it like that for extended amounts of times. I mean, you're, the coaches are sitting there, you know, the players have to be held accountable for breaking team rules and breaking NFL rules and, and they get punished and potentially suspended and fined and, and things like that. So if a coach is doing it, then they should absolutely be fined. Um, if a team, if an owner is allowing it to happen, uh, they should be fine. They should be. They should lose draft picks, and it shouldn't be a sixth round draft pick. It should be a second round draft pick, or, uh, or yeah. you know, even if a you know even a first round if it's multiple. You know, if they find the the Rams three times and they took a third round draft pick already, that fourth time, if they have to do it again, take their first, um, yeah. or take a future first. Say, hey, we're I mean, taking a first. That is the only thing that they're gonna pay attention to. Money, the you yeah. know, hundred thousand dollar fines. They don't care about that. No, and, and I think um, one of the biggest things it was actually in response to was not only did John Gruden not have his mask on properly, and the Raiders players were out there doing that, but they also had unauthorized access to the locker room after their last game. So uh, yeah. they're really strict on who can come into those locker rooms, and they're breaking those rules too. So I think organizationally, they're going to look at it and say, you know, if you're being like the Raiders are right now, you better get it corrected because you're going to start losing picks. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, they can start with fines and then start with, you know, a mid-round draft pick and then go up to a first round. If it keeps going, say, okay, now we're taking your first round the next year. And if you keep it up, we'll take your first round the next year. And, you know, you won't have a first round pick for the next three years all because you were stubborn and wouldn't wear a damn mask, you know? Yeah, that's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's something easy. I mean, people literally, you know, you have retail workers and and – you know, food service workers that are wearing the masks for, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours a day. And you're sitting there saying you can't wear it for an hour and a half or two hours at a time before you go into a locker room where you can take it off. And guys, uh, don't worry about looking cool because check it out. Andy Reid's got it down. Not only yeah. does he look great in his face shield, 
but he's got it to where there's no fog at all. It doesn't bother his breathing because it's out in front of his face. It's completely legal on, on the NFL's rules. It's effective because the you know the breath and the spray from your it doesn't come out past the face shield. It works. It might look stupid, but if if it's that big of a problem where you can't have a mask on your face, do something like that. It's worked great for him. Yeah, I mean, it definitely doesn't look cool, but it is effective. <laughs> That's um, your opinion, okay? <laughs> I mean, if if anything, it makes it hard for him to eat those celebratory cheeseburgers, but yeah. I'm sure he's figured oh, out a system. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive into some game picks here. We'll kind of cover some news as we go along the picks. And let's start with how can you not like this guy? Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins, Thursday Night Football. He just, it's like he's... It's like he's getting younger. He's got Benjamin Button disease in in football here. He keeps getting better when you think he's done. Um, and there's people arguing that right now he might be one of the better older quarterbacks. You're looking at Drew Brees, Tom Brady. This guy is playing well, and uh, he got the win over the Jags. What did you think? I mean, it was a good win for the Dolphins. Um, we talked about last week. We want to see continued progress and. And they beat a Jaguars team that, you know, despite having a losing record now, the Jaguars have played pretty well this season for the most part. Um, so, I mean, it was a good win for the Dolphins. And uh, Fitzpatrick played great. I think he was almost perfect in the first half with three touchdowns. I think he was 11-12 or something in the first half. Yeah. Um, with three touchdown passes. But, I mean, this is this is typical, you know, we'll, we'll say the Fitz magic. Um, <laughs> Is he comes out one week and I mean you sit there and say, Wow, this guy, you know, this guy still got it. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. And then the next week he throws six interceptions. Uh so he's never been able to continuously play like this. However, um, he's still capable of playing like this. And when you're a team like the Dolphins, um, you know, maybe Tua's not quite ready yet, either whether it be he's not completely healthy from his hip injury last year or, you know, just from a you know, uh, an ability and skill set standpoint. Maybe they don't want to throw him in quite yet. Um, so as long as Fitzpatrick can go out and have a game like this every, you know, every couple weeks, um, you know, they're not expecting to make the playoffs. So if he has five, six, seven games like this in a season and the others are mediocre or bad games, I mean, they're it's going to be okay. Um, we're expecting them to be a five-win team anyway, so – um, but it's always fun to watch. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is, is really one of the better guys in the league. I mean, the guy always has fun. Um, he, even when he has a bad game, he doesn't pout. He doesn't throw a fit. He doesn't blame others. I mean, he, he's, owns he's got a kick-ass beard too. I mean, I think it's legit. It's not as good as Minshew's, uh, mustache, <laughs> but despite, despite their little beef online that they were, you know, obviously joking around about, I'll, I'll still take Minshew's, uh, mustache, but yeah, Minshew's pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, fit, you know, Fitzmagic's got, you know, he's still got some game and and uh, it's it's always fun to see him play well. So, I mean, hopefully he can have some continued success because, like I said, his history shows, you know, he has a few really amazing games and then he'll have a few really terrible games. So uh, we'll see if it continues. Yeah, let's move on to this. Uh, I don't even, this kind of makes me sad to even talk about, but the teams in the Meadowlands, the New York Giants and the New York Jets, back-to-back weeks of getting their ass beat by the 49ers. Uh, the, the Jets lost to them by blowout in a game where they lost half their team. And then the 49ers come in the same stadium the next week against the Giants and do the same thing to the Giants with 
the same injuries. So uh, the New York teams are in trouble. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we we knew that both New York teams would be picking in the top five this year, more than likely, um, barring some sort of miracle turnaround, but I'm not seeing it. Um, the 49ers even missing some of those guys are still a good team. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people don't really – you know, aren't, aren't thinking about they're you know, they're still, I, I don't want to say a great team, but they're still better than the jets. They're still better than the giants, even without these guys for an entire season. Uh, this 49ers team would probably still be a six to seven win team. Um, so they're still significantly better than the giants and the jets. And, and I mean, the jets just have no, they have no defense. They have no wide receivers. Uh, they got Frank Gore, who's 64 years old running the football uh you know the giants uh, they've got uh, they've got some good building you know building blocks there but their defense is horrible their cornerbacks i mean i'll discuss the cowboys cornerbacks later in the game and and even discuss the chiefs cornerbacks but uh but man the the giants are on a whole other level honestly um mainly due to injury but still um, the Giants at least have some building blocks. The Jets, I think, are just a mess um, with a you know a garbage owner and a garbage coach. So, uh, yeah. not not a lot to look forward to, for sure. All right, let's move on to this. Has to be the most disappointing game of the week to me. The tie between the Bengals and Eagles. Uh, the Eagles just can't get out of their own way, and you know now there's rumors coming around. Carson Wentz might get benched. Blah blah blah. They're waiting for Jalen Hurts to get in there. Joe Burrow, you know, he didn't lose. I guess that's a plus, but it's still kind of got to be disappointing for him to not get that first win. And just overall, disappointing game when it's a tie. I hate it. They need to get rid of the tie. Yeah, I mean, it, it's for the Bengals. It's again, we talked about with the Dolphins. We want to see the Bengals, uh, you know, taking steps each week to improve and be competitive. And they're doing that. Um, the disappointing part for me, honestly, is that for, for all intents and purposes, I mean, it seemed like the Eagles played for the tie. Like they didn't, you know, it almost seemed like they were scrambling and hoping for the tie rather than going for a win. Um, That was the surprising part of it. It's, you know, the Bengals, they were, they were trying stuff. They were trying to be aggressive. They were trying to win the game and the Eagles, I mean, it looked like they just wanted to get out of there and they were satisfied with just not losing the game. Um, Didn't care if they won the game. They just didn't want to lose the game. Uh, and so that's kind of the crazy part. Um, the Eagles, like you said, they just can't get out of their way. Carson Wentz looks like he has no confidence left at all. Um, part of that, you know, maybe in, you know, he's been kind of injury prone and maybe his body is, is messed up and we just don't realize it. Maybe, you know, could have a, a throwing issue there and we just aren't picking up on it. But the other part, like I said, I think just the confidence right now is shot. Um, I mean, he he doesn't look comfortable back there. Um, he looks rushed in the pocket. He's not making good throws, not making good decisions. So, uh, I mean, the Eagles right now are just an absolute mess. And um, if it continues playing, you know, if the if the season continues like this, they should absolutely put Jalen Hurts in. Not saying, you know, he's a better quarterback than Carson Wentz, but maybe he can give him a spark um, and give him, you know, give him that Lamar Jackson threat you know he can run the ball and and if he runs it well enough that could set up some play action and and open up that offense a little bit so um but they got to do something absolutely i'm just gonna i don't want to get up too much on a tangent on this but the nfl I mean, overtime rules are total bullshit in the nfl just do the college rules it would be more exciting for the fans it'd be 
against what the players are saying, it'd be easier on their bodies because you're only going from the 25 in. Um, you know, it could end in one drive, could end in three times, but either way, you're not driving the whole field. You're not doing kickoffs, punt returns, all this stuff. It, it, it'd be safer. It, you'd never have a tie. It would just be better overall. I don't know why the NFL is so stubborn with how they do this. And ties are stupid. They shouldn't even exist. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the the NFL, I mean, part of it, part of it, like, like you just mentioned, is the players saying that it's not good on their bodies. But honestly, that's bullshit because high school and college basically play the same roles in overtime. You know, you get the ball from the 25-yard line. Um, you get an opportunity to score. The other team gets an opportunity to match, uh, and it just kind of goes. Um, if you're telling me that a high school kid, that a that a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid is capable of doing that, but a 25, 26-year-old man in their physical prime making millions of dollars isn't capable of doing that, uh, then, then honestly, you're just stupid. Well, there's uh, easy fixes for this, too. Make it to where every single time you score a touchdown, you have to go for two. You wouldn't yeah. get more than two overtime periods if that were the case. And yeah. honestly, if you take a touchback and you go all the way down the field and you score, you're actually moving further down the field than if you did like three overtimes because you're yeah. going from the 25. So, yeah, that's complete BS when they say it's hard on their bodies. If you want to make it that way, make it, hey, you can't kick field goals at all and you got to yeah. go for two. Yeah, and, and yeah, it would I mean, solve it. And it'd be exciting. Everyone would love overtime. Now everyone hates it because it's basically yeah. whoever gets the ball still scores and wins. That whole rule yep. they made where if it's a field goal, the other team gets a chance is complete bullshit and it's stupid. That's side. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bullshit, yeah. stupid. The Atlanta Falcons. Sorry, that was a that was a bad <laughs> segue. And actually, probably wasn't. Um, just when you thought they couldn't do it again, they did it again. And a game that saw Mitch Trubisky get benched and Nick Foles come in. As the Falcons were dominating the football game, they once again blew a lead and the Bears win at 30 to 26. Uh, I probably don't even need to ask you, but uh, how hot's Dan Quinn's seat right now? I, I want to say how hot is Arthur Blank's seat? Why are the other owners not, not <laughs> forcing him to sell the team? <laughs> This guy clearly doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, I, how, I honestly would have had Dan Quinn fired before he landed the plane. Yeah, like how I would I would have told Dan Quinn he was fired before he got on a plane, and then told him to go buy a coach ticket, or I would have given actually, him a coach you know, they were they were in Atlanta, so uh, I guess the plane thing doesn't work. But I would have fired him before he got to the locker room. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was fired right there. Being, the, I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's completely inexcusable, and only the Falcons are capable of it. They have a prolific offense until they need to just get a first down and they just can't do it. Yeah. And, and it's just unreal. And, and again, it's the offense is doing what they need to do. Um, it it kind of sucks because the offense is being put in, in bad situations by the, by an awful defense. Um, one of the worst in the league. And it's, it's ridiculous. Again, how can Dan Quinn, you know, a defensive guru, be so bad at coaching defense and so bad at, at giving up big leads. Um, it, it's ridiculous. And the fact that he does still have a job is, is absolutely insane. I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I mean, it's, this is worse than, you know, people will talk about Jason Garrett keeping his job um, for so long, but, you know, being a 500 coach essentially, but, you know, Jason Garrett had very few actual bad seasons. He had a couple bad seasons, but he also had 
a few really great seasons. And then he had, you know, his eight and eight seasons, obviously. Uh, Dan Quinn is just, just, I mean, he had a year or two where they were really good. And then since then, they've just been garbage. Uh, and, and most of that's because of the defense. Um, the offense does what they need to do. I mean, when anytime the offense is averaging more than 25 points a game, uh, it's it's not on them anymore. It's that if you lose a game, that's on the defense at that point. Absolutely. So let's flip it to the other side real quick. Mr. Trubisky, is he done for the year or is he done with the Bears? I guess I should say. Um, barring injury, yeah. Um, the good thing, you know, or the positive for for Mitch Trubisky is that Nick Foles is very injury prone throughout his career. Um, so there's a better, you know, better uh, than not you know, possibility that Nick Foles doesn't finish the season or gets hurt at some point and maybe Trubisky gets another shot. Um, Cause once you make this change, you can't, you can't go back unless Nick Foles just comes out and plays like garbage for the next two or three weeks. But we've consistently uh, said on the show, if they do switch back and forth, that'll be the end of Matt Nagy's job. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. I mean, bar barring injury or barring some sort of catastrophic play by Nick Foles, um, and I, and I'm talking about, you know, we mentioned Fitzpatrick earlier with six interception games and things like that. I mean, if Nick Foles comes out and throws 10 interceptions in a course of two or three games, then, you know, Matt Nagy would have an argument to say, okay, well, we got to go back to Trubisky now. Cause he may have been bad, but he wasn't this bad. Um, yeah. but barring that or some sort of injury to Nick Foles, uh, I mean, you, you can't go back to, Mitch Trubisky at this point you have to you have to hold steady and and stick with Nick Foles yeah I'm I'm with you on that and it's it's kind of weird because this Bears team sneakily we we've said it all year wins a win they're sitting at three and oh um which is impressive because they haven't played good football I mean to the point where they're benching their quarterback halfway through a game and they're still three and oh so out of the three and O teams are definitely the worst, but uh, there they are. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they were my pick for the for the NFC North champs, so uh, s- still looking good. It's not a. It's not a. <laughs> it's not a pretty prediction, but it's working at the moment. <laughs> you never know. Maybe falls the spark they need. Maybe. Maybe. All right, let's jump forward to a game that it has to be a little bit frustrating for you. Cowboys lose to the Seahawks. Uh, it's obviously not that bad of a loss because. Russell Wilson, I mean, that guy right now is clearly the hands-down MVP candidate this far into the season, playing just absolutely unreal. Five touchdowns in a game. We know the Cowboys had some injuries on the field. How do you feel about this game? 38-31 Seahawks. I'm, I mean, it, it's, I'm upset, obviously, because I don't like to see the Cowboys lose. Um, but at, at the, the end of the day, I mean, again, the offense is doing what they need to do to win, and the defense isn't. Um, uh, I think the offense is number five or six in scoring offense. They have the number one or number two passing offense in the NFL right now. Uh, offensively, they're doing everything they need to do. And and people, you know, can sit there and blame Dak for throwing the interception at the end of the game or, or you know, Kellen Moore for some questionable play calling at the end. But um, at the end of the day, the the offense went down. They they scored a you know scored the points they needed to take the lead with a couple minutes left, and the defense couldn't do their job. They had a I think a fourth and three or fourth and four, and let Greg Olson, who's also sixty two years old, um, <laughs> literally run. I mean, it, if you watch the play, it literally looks like he just walks to the middle of the field about six yards up and then just turns and is 
wide open. No one within five yards of him um, for a fourth down, con- you know, conversion. Um, so again, the offense is is doing their job and the defense is. And on the flip side, um, it's hard to blame the defense because, I mean, it, it's almost a, a Jerry Jones, you know, Stephen Jones situation because there are, there are quality free agents out there that could help that defense. There's Clay Matthews that they that could come in and and fill in for, you know, Sean Lee or or Leighton Vanderesh. And there's Earl Thomas out there who could come in and help the secondary. Um, but I mean they're missing their three or their top four corners. They're missing two of their starting three linebackers. Uh and, you know, a few of those guys are elite players. Vanderesh, when he's healthy, he's an all pro. Um Sean Lee, when he's healthy, he's still extremely good. Uh, and, and the corners are, are all solid corners they are not great, but they're also not bad. Um, and now you're basically taking practice squad guys and practice squad guys from other teams and saying, Hey, go play against the Seahawks, go play against Russell Wilson right now. Uh, and we're surprised that they're not playing well. So, um, I mean, I feel bad for the defense cause there's so many injuries out there and, and the ownership seems content on, on not signing anyone to help. But, uh, at the end of the day, you know, the offense is averaging 30, 30, 31 points a game, and the defense has given up 34 points a game. So, uh, offense is doing their job and defense isn't. Yeah. See, this is, I, I almost feel like it's like, it's just a cohesion issue. And I think where it's going to get really complicated is still Dak because what the defense has done every single game this year is give the offense a chance to win at the end. And the offense just doesn't deliver. They, I mean, they delivered the one game, I guess, against the Falcons, but. When you look at the greats like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Pat Mahomes, even Matt Ryan back in, you know, earlier this decade, um, when all they wanted was give me a chance at the end of the game to win. And most most of the time they could do that. For whatever reason, I just you just don't have any confidence that Dak can get it done. Whether that's Dak or the play calling or the, you know, the blocking, whatever it is, you never feel comfortable. I mean, t- honestly, all you can ask your defense in a situation where, like you said, Jerry Jones hasn't got the pieces that they need. All you can ask for him is give give the offense a chance to win at the end of the game. They got to start winning some of those games. Yeah, I mean, in in the past, I felt like it was more of a play calling situation. The, you know, as I as I said a little bit ago, I mean, the offense. I mean, they did do their job. They they got the ball with four or five minutes left in the game, down by two. They drove down. They scored a field goal with you know, two and a half minutes left or whatever it was in the game um, to take the lead. So, I mean, they did their job initially, but then the defense turned right around and allowed, a, you know, the Eagles or not the Eagles, the Seahawks to to march right back down the field and score again and take the lead and force the, the offense to to go down and try and win the game for a second time in the final five minutes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, at the at the end of the day, I mean, everyone, they're blaming Dak for throwing the interception, but at the same time, he should have never been in that situation twice, you know, in the last right. five minutes of the game. And that's that's the frustrating part is, you know, again, Dak does need to deliver in those situations. Obviously, you know, I feel more comfortable with Drew Brees or, or Pat Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or whoever it is in those situations um, than I do with Dak Prescott. But I feel like most of that would under Jason Garrett was the play calling. Cause again, it's, you know, they're down by 13, you know, down by 13 with three minutes left and Jason Garrett's out there kicking fucking field goals. Uh, yeah. Now they're, you know, I feel like the play calling's there. They're just, 
you know, there's only so much the offense can do, though. I mean, the offense shouldn't have to play perfect for an entire game because the defense because the defense can't put together a string of stops. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it goes on both sides. The offense does need to play a little more uh, tight, basically. Uh, they need to tighten up a little bit. But, I mean, they got to get some help from the defense. The defense, you know, again, they're averaging 34 points. The defense could average 25 points a game. You know, they could give up 25 points a game, which is still terrible. Um, but, it, you know, if they did that, the Cowboys would be 3-0 and right now. So, yeah. So the, I think the real interesting part of this is still coming out of that DAC contract. Because uh, when they look at it on paper, they're going to say had, you know, they're going to have a number. I don't know what that number is, but it's going to be something like three of tw- three out of 12 uh, game winning drives or something. You know, I don't know if that's the case, yeah. but they're going to look at it and say he's not the most clutch quarterback. So should we pay him in the league of Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, what Lamar Jackson is going to end up getting? Uh, yeah. And that's going to be, um, it's going to be tough. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I honestly, if I was Jerry Jones, I don't know what I would do. I don't blame him for not signing Dak, but at the same time, they let Dak go. What the hell do you do? I mean, what are you doing a quarterback then? You got to do something. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a tough situation because again, statistically you look at Dak's numbers and his numbers are great statistically. And that's what his team's going to come with. That's what his agent's going to come with and say, Hey, you know, listen, the, the Cowboys passing offense has been in the top, you know, three or four of the last couple of years. And that's because of Dak Prescott. Um, So he needs to be paid like a top three or four quarterback. However, you know, Jerry Jones and Steven Jones and those guys, um, even Mike McCarthy, if he gets involved with it, um, they're going to come back and say, yeah, he does put up great numbers, but look at his numbers in clutch moments. He's terrible. Um, He's not favorable. He's not good. Uh, and so it, it will be, and, and to me, it's Dak should be paid as a top 10 quarterback. And maybe, I mean, maybe you could argue that he, I mean, if I, I would almost argue maybe a top five quarterback pay wise, uh, cause if Jared Goff can be, you know, a top five paid quarterback, then Dak Prescott damn sure can. Um, but at the same time, there's gotta be a little give and take on both sides, um, to make this deal work, because I guarantee you if if the Cowboys won't give Dak Prescott 40 million, there's probably not another team out there that's going to give him 40 million. Um, that will have 40 million to give him, honestly. So, would you uh, underestimate the Washington football team? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I could see that there. Are... Uh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch. And, and still, week three, it's early. I mean, they're one and two. Luckily for them, the division that they're in is rough right now. Yeah, I mean, every, every division, team lost in the division this week, so no harm, yeah. no foul, I guess. Yeah, division's garbage, and I mean, the, the Cowboys have a, I mean, the rest of the schedule, they've got a few tough games out there. They play the Steelers, and they play the the uh, Ravens and stuff this season, but at the same time, they also um, have games against the Browns, and they haven't played a divisional game yet, so they haven't played the Giants yet, or the, Fal- or sorry, not the Falcons, the Eagles, or the, you know, the Washington football team, so um, there's yep. six games right there, which presumably how those other three teams are playing, they should win all six of those. Um, so that puts them at seven wins right there, which should be enough, honestly, to win the goddamn division. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> <It might> be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get forward to a game here. I'm going to catch a lot of shit for this, and rightfully so. I picked the Ravens to beat the Chiefs, my Chiefs. Um, but I forgot to factor in the fact that Lamar Jackson doesn't show up in big games, apparently. Uh, and the fact that the Chiefs are his kryptonite. He even said it himself. Now, he's 21-4 and four in regular season games. 
and he's 0-3 against the Chiefs. So three of his four losses to to Pat Mahomes. Um, what did you think of this game? I know I'm going to catch some shit, so go ahead and bring it. Uh, Chiefs play good. Ravens play bad. That's all. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think I gave you a, a good amount of shit during the game, honestly. Uh, <laughs> and, and leading up to the game and, and questioning your, your, uh, your, you know, your fanship really. Um, <laughs> that's like questioning fan, my manhood. Yeah. I mean, a real fan never picks against their team. You know, there's always that, 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 I was going to say, you know, there's that Browns fan that that's bet, bet for the Browns every every game since 99. So, uh, yeah, he doesn't win a lot. It's like racing in a Prius. Uh, but, I mean, it, it was – I was surprised at how dominant the Chiefs were because, you know, in the, the other games, they were close games. I mean, it was, the Chiefs won them, but they were still close. Um, they were competitive. Uh, this game, I mean, the Chiefs, they basically came out and stomped on the Ravens' throat and then slightly let up a little bit in the second half just to kind of tease the Ravens, and then they they really just, you know. Even that, that was literally the Chiefs being bad more than the Ravens being good. It's a missed field goal and a turnover on downs and a fumble that got the Ravens back into the game, and then the Chiefs just pulled away again. So they really blew them out I, twice. I mean, the, it, this is – so the thing – it's the best thing for the Chiefs defense and the worst thing for the Ravens offense is what basically ha- is the scenario that happened. The best thing for the Chiefs defense, because, I mean, skill-wise, the Chiefs defense is really kind of middle of the pack. Um, what helps them is that the Chief, the offense usually puts them up by two or three scores early, and that forces teams to abandon their game plan and become predictable and start throwing the ball repeatedly, uh, which gives Chris Jones an opportunity to get after the quarterback. It gives... Uh, Mathau the opportunity to to sit back there and kind of you know read the zone and make some plays back there, um, and so that's the best thing that happens with the Chiefs' defense is the offense jumps out to a to a good start uh, or to a big start. The worst thing for the Ravens' offense is that the Chiefs jumped out to a big start and forced them to abandon their run first you know style of play. It forced them to throw the ball, and they're not a they're not a passing team despite you know, Jackson throwing for 36 touchdowns or whatever it was last year. They're not a passing team. Uh, they're a running team that sets up the play action and that's how they pass. Well, you know, when you haven't had a first down in, you know, basically an entire half of football and it's the third quarter and you've passed for 12 yards or whatever it was, and you're still trying to do a play action, it's, you know, they're not going to really bite on that. Um, and so, I mean, it, it was that perfect scenario for the for the Chiefs that that offense jumped out because it was the best thing for their defense and the worst thing for the, you know, the the Ravens offense and and Lamar Jackson never got comfortable. He was pressured. I think he was sacked four times. He was hit several other times. Uh, the offensive line looked out of sorts. Uh, Taco Charlton uh, had a couple really big plays where he literally just went untouched. I mean, the, the right tackle never even touched him. Um, I mean, they were never really able to establish the run the way, you know, consistently the way they needed to. Uh, and then the receivers, just, I mean, Mark Andrews had two or three big drops, um, which kind of hurt Lamar Jackson, obviously, because one of them would have been a touchdown. Um, so, I mean, they could just never get comfortable, and it allowed the Chiefs just to really set back and, and do what they wanted to on defense. Um so great game by the Chiefs. I think it was a statement game by them. I think it was reminding everyone that they are the best team in the NFL. Uh, it was reminding everyone that Mahomes is 
you know, the best player in the NFL. Uh, and it, it reminded everyone of the flaws of the Ravens. It reminded everyone that they're pretty one-dimensional on defense. They blitz a lot and put pressure on you. Um, but if you can play against the blitz like Mahomes can, you're okay. Uh, if you can shut down the run game for the pay- or for the Ravens, you're okay. So, look, I'm, I'm going to say this really quickly about the Chiefs because I've got more to say about the Ravens in this game. Uh, the Chiefs, I, and you saw Pat Mahomes doing it. He, he feels disrespected, and, and honestly, rightfully so. Even in the power rankings this year, the Chiefs haven't lost a game. Um, they've been playing well. They never really were. I mean, the, the Chargers put up a fight, but there never was really the feel of, oh, my God, they're in trouble. And they kept dropping in the power rankings. Everyone picked the Ravens, including myself. Everyone at ESPN picked the Ravens. Everyone in the online poll picked the Ravens. And Lamar Jackson was number one player in the NFL last year. Pat Mahomes number four. And they just reminded him that those people are all wrong. I mean, Pat Mahomes clearly is number one player in the NFL right now. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone can argue that. Just the sheer, not just his arm talent, but moving it with his legs. Um, some of the things that, that you pointed out is year one, um, he's smarter with the ball, smarter with clock management, handing it off, checking it down. He's not just airing it deep every single play. And he, right now, he's clearly the number one uh, player in the league, and the Chiefs are the number one team in the league. And uh, I think they made that perfectly clear. Now, yeah, it, yeah go ahead. Oh, oh no! Say what, say what you're going to say. I'm going to say now on the Ravens. Uh, I'm going to keep with my hot take. So buckle up here. Lamar Jackson's not a good quarterback, and I'm going to keep saying it. Yes, he was the MVP. Yes, he threw 36 touchdowns. He is Mike Vick. Mike Vick had flashes of he might be able to pass, but is he a great athlete? Absolutely. Can he run the ball better than any other quarterback in the league? Absolutely, he can. Um, is he scarier at read options? Yes. Is he the best quarterback in the league? Not even close. He's not even on the same level of somebody like Mahomes or even, honestly, Deshaun Watson. I was watching him in this game. He was missing 10-yard slants, throwing it behind him, not even hitting him. Guys that were wide open in garbage time, he just couldn't hit them. Uh, like you said, he did have a couple big drops, but most of the time he just was – I mean, there was a fourth and 24 that he threw in the end zone. It wasn't even catchable. and it wasn't. It's not like he threw it up for grabs. He threw it out of bounds in the back of the end zone. So, um, yeah. He he's good when they're in the lead. When everyone's worried about their running because they're in the lead, he can slip out some passes, and that's how he's getting his touchdowns and stats. And for people that don't watch him, it looks like his stats are impressive. It looks like he's coming out there like Mahomes slinging the ball around, but when you really watch him, they set up the run, they get a lead, everyone's trying to figure out how he's going to run it, and then he slips it out and dumps it off to Mark Andrews, or he lets Marquise Brown come out the back and he throws a deep bomb to him. And it occasionally connects. He's not a guy, uh, kind of like we talked about Dak, which even to me, Dak is much better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. But I don't feel comfortable with Lamar Jackson if I'm down a touchdown and he has the ball two minutes left. Yeah, I mean, uh, if if they're stopping his run, I'm not. I'm not worried about him throwing it on on us at all. I'm really not. And I know this is going to be. It's a super controversial take because people are trying to force this Mahomes Jackson rivalry. But there's no rivalry there. That'd be like saying uh, Tom Brady and Alex Smith had a rivalry. It wasn't really a rivalry because Tom Brady is the best quarterback. The teams might have a rivalry going on, but it's not a quarterback rivalry because they're not in the same class. Yeah. So uh, that's, my, that's my rant on the Ravens. I think they're a good team, and if they can run on you and get a lead, they're going to be hard to beat because Lamar Jackson's such a good athlete. But I'm just telling you, he's not – 
he's not even to me a top five quarterback right now. Yeah, and, and I I agree with that in terms of just playing the position of quarterback. Yeah, he's not a top five quarterback. Um, and you were talking about you don't feel comfortable with him being down by seven points and and uh, you know needing to win the game. I don't feel I feel like if you get up by ten points on the Ravens at any given time in the game, the game is over um, because they're just that type of offense that they're not a come from behind offense. Um, and so, I mean, it, it, that, that's just kind of how I feel about that. The other thing I'll bring up and it's something that, that one of our friends brought up is people were, you know, a lot of Ravens fans were complaining saying, well, if only we had good receivers. Well, the thing is, is the chiefs have bad cornerbacks. Like your receivers may not be great, but the chiefs cornerbacks are bad. Um, especially right now because they have, Bash- you know, Bashad Breland is suspended. Chardavius Ward had a club on his hand. They lost Sneed. Yeah, he honestly would have had an interception Ward in the game, but he had a club yeah. on his hand, hit him right yeah. in the hands, and he couldn't grab it because he had one hand in the cast. Otherwise, uh, Lamar yeah. Jackson had a pick. Yeah, I mean, and so, like, they can sit there and complain and say, hey, our receivers just aren't that good, and that's why Jackson wasn't able to throw the ball. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs cornerbacks are bad right now, at least maybe when they're completely healthy. Again, I think they're kind of middle of the pack. But right now, at this moment, they're bad. And Ooh, so, Jerry and Sneed, the Chiefs rookie uh, kind of standout corner this year. One of the yeah. three that they have broke his collarbone. He was out, too. So, well, as I say, yeah, I mean, Breland was was was, you know, he's still suspended. Chardavius Ward, he's, you know, in a in a club and then Sneed you know, who almost, he, he dropped an interception earlier in the game and then he got knocked out of the game with a broken collarbone. Uh, and so again, they're, they're not good cornerbacks. So your receivers may not be great, but their cornerbacks were bad or their secondary is bad for, you know, cornerbacks mostly their, their safeties are actually good, but uh, Thornhill and, and uh, Mathau and even Sorensen, you know, has his flashes at times. Um, but the cornerbacks are bad. So, I mean, that that's no excuse. You can't sit there and, and make that argument and, and justify it in any way, honestly. So um, you got to figure out a way to, th- to throw the ball because the Chiefs, again, just reminded everyone of how to beat the Ravens. Just basically jump up on them by 10 points and you're fine. Well, and not only not only that, but the Chiefs were doing it easily. It was almost ridiculous. The Ravens had the number one scoring defense in the league, and the Chiefs yeah. were just like they're out there playing ball. Just like me and you out there playing high school football in the backyard, just throwing it around, laterals, halfback passes, throwing it to the linemen, underhanded tosses to the fullback. They were just having fun, and they just came out there and absolutely destroyed the Ravens. Well, and and that's what I mentioned earlier with the Ravens being one-dimensional, honestly. It's on offense, but they are on defense also. They're We're going to blitz you, and we're going to pressure you, and we're going to force you to make mistakes. Well, Mahomes didn't into that i mean he he picked their blitz apart and their answer to that was to keep blitzing and when he kept picking it apart their answer was okay well maybe if maybe this blitz will work and they blitzed (laughs) and they blitzed and they blitzed and they blitzed and like i said it was like the the offense they sat there and it's well the play action you know we haven't really established the run but we feel like the play action still there and they were doing play action passes in in the third quarter whenever they hadn't picked up a first down since the first drive and it's it's like guys, you're down by twenty points or whatever it was at that point, uh, or seventeen points or what I think there was twenty seven ten or whatever it was. Uh, and it's like you haven't picked up a first down since the first drive of the game, and you haven't established the run in any kind of way, and yet you're play actioning two out of three plays basically. Uh, like it 
no no NFL defense, no college defense. Honestly, most high school defenses wouldn't bite on that. Like, come on, guys. Uh, so it's, well, the other it's thing great. I want to say, Lamar Jackson had what I know, and, and everyone that plays Madden will know this. I like to call them Madden legs. When you have a mobile quarterback and you're used to rolling out and throwing it in Madden, it's hard not to. Every time he snapped the football, he was waiting for the D or the tackles to set contain on the defensive ends, and he was trying to run out and throw it. The only problem is Chiefs were playing contained defense. He kept rolling out, and then he'd have Frank Clark or Chris Jones right in his face, and he'd have to turn around and do some gadgetry play, either try to throw it or get sacked. Um, and that's really, honestly, that's how you beat Lamar Jackson. You just play contained. Because uh, yeah, once yeah. he gets the – because he did. I mean, on the first drive – he broke they out on the good. outside and got some good. really good runs. Yeah, they look good. And and then they kept trying that. Well, the Chiefs got wise and started doing contain. And and I'm guilty of it in Madden, too. You snap back with your mobile quarterback. Instead of running it up the middle or setting up in the pocket, you try to roll out. But when they play contain, it really creates problems for you. Uh, and they just kept doing that all night. You could tell Lamar Jackson was frustrated. He kept snapping it, like you said, doing a play action that no one bought, and then rolling out trying to throw it, but there were people right in his face every time. Uh, granted, he had the speed to get away from a lot of them, but a lot of it turned into like one, two-yard gains on the edge. Yeah, um, uh, Contain, that's another, really how you beat him. Another big thing that, you know, it's not showing up on the stat sheet a lot, but if you watch that game and Chris Jones, I mean, if you're a chiefs fan or you watch a lot of chiefs games, you know, Chris Jones is phenomenal at this. Um, but Chris Jones got his hands up several times. Um, and even though he wasn't really getting, you know, def- tip passes or, you know, pass deflections or anything like that. Uh, I mean, it, it forced Lamar Jackson to pull the ball down on multiple occasions because Chris Jones hands were, were in his throwing lane. Uh, and it forced him to pull the ball down, and it gave Frank Clark and Taco Charlton and and even Chris Jones himself that extra half second they needed to put the pressure on uh, Lamar Jackson and either force a bad throw or force him to roll out of the pocket for a one- or two-yard gain or you know get the sack because they had four of those. Uh, so, I mean, even things like that, just keeping your hands up and closing those passing lanes uh, against Lamar Jackson and forcing him to – you know, almost forcing him into a strength, but in a in an uncomfortable situation. I mean, was was huge for the Chiefs. And like I said, if you if you're a Chiefs fan or you just watch a lot of Chiefs games, you know that Chris Jones is is honestly, if he's not the best defensive lineman at getting getting his hands up and deflecting passes, he's one of three or four. Uh, in the I, league. I honestly think that's the strongest part of his game. I mean, yeah, in the Super absolutely. Bowl, even getting up in the face and slapping the balls down at the line of scrimmage, he knows yeah. when he's been beat. And that's that's something that a lot of linemen don't do. They think that the, they're always alive, so they keep pushing. Chris Jones will get up there. He knows he's been blocked, so he locks his eyes on the quarterback. As soon as an arm goes up, he puts his hands up in the air, gets those yep. big mitts on the football, and it's a it's a it's a very underrated trait for defensive linemen that that people don't really put a lot of stock into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it, it it plays like I said, it's not something that's gonna you know you're not gonna be looking at the the stat sheet going oh my god you know chris jones or they're not going to be highlighting it on espn saying hey chris jones deflected three passes you know three passes this game or god i think it was a game a couple years ago he had i think three or four pass deflections in a single game you know i mean he was just wrecking whoever it was they literally couldn't throw the football um because he just slapped it down every time um but i mean it, it it is huge and like i said with someone like lamar jackson uh, buying that extra half second, that's, that is everything, especially when you are trying to set contain and you're trying to, you know, um, 
stop him from rolling out or, or doing what he needs to do or getting that play action pass. Cause you know, a couple times again, they did set up the play action pass and Andrews was open and he dropped it. And uh, Lamar Jackson overthrew. I think it was Marquise Brown um, deep once when he had him open. Um, so, I mean, they had throws there um, that they could have made. And, um, but then there were a few of them that he had to, he had to pull down um, because Chris Jones simply stuck his hand in the air. I will say probably Lamar Jackson's best play of the night to me um, was only like an eight yard completion, but he drops back in the pocket, goes to throw it. Guy jumps up in his face. He actually double clutches the ball down, kind of sidearms it around the guy and completes it. But even then, like you said, that disrupts the timing so much. If that guy hadn't been sitting there on the comeback route, if that guy was trying to run around and he had to double clutch the ball, it would have blown the play up. So yeah. Uh, those are the hidden stats that I really like to see, and that's why Chris Jones got paid. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to this. ESPN, take some notes here because you're about to learn from the masters of game picking. Um, this week, even though we all picked different games, we ended up 11-4-1 each. So on the season, you're at 37-10-1, and, and I am 35-12-1. So two still separate us, but um, any way you look at it, we're better than ESPN. NFL primetime, Collis will will be your yeah. will be your game pickers because we're obviously better than those clowns. You may have to have the bleep button ready, but I tell you what, it'll be more entertaining and uh, we'll actually be right sometimes. Yeah, uh, not to mention uh, we'll also play two on two against any one of those commentators, and we'll likely win. Absolutely, so, especially great. Randy Moss and Teddy Bruschi. Those guys are just whew, man. Yeah, clowns. If you've clowns. ever seen us, you know we're physical specimens. Speak <laughs> <laughs> for yourself. Uh, it, you know what? Let's start here. If you thought that the Jags Dolphins was boring, you're in for a treat today. Uh, Thursday night football Broncos, the jets with Brett Rippian starting. Who do you got? Uh, I've got any other channel on my TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, honestly, it's to the point where this one's hard to pick and, and in the Broncos credit starting a new quarterback, uh, it's going to be hard for them to win, but this is the Jets, and they lose to literally anybody, so it's I, it's wide open. I'm going with the Broncos simply for for this these two reasons, honestly. Um, number one is they still have Melvin Gordon, and, and he's run the ball he's run the ball extremely well this year. He's averaging four yards a carry. Uh, I mean, he's looked good. Uh, they have, they have Melvin Gordon. I'm not sure if Lindsay's back this game or not. I think he's still out, I believe. Um, but they have Jerry Judy. Um, they've, you know, they've got some solid tight ends there. Um, that's the best thing for, for a, uh, a, a young quarterback, you know, is a good tight end. So, um, but they've got Jerry Judy. They've got for him to throw to also. They've got, uh, uh, Noah Fant. They've got Melvin Gordon for him to, to hand off to. So, um, in the Jets offense is, Honestly, worse. They have, I mean, again, they have really no one to throw to. Their defense is is garbage. Uh, Frank Gore, I still like Frank Gore. I mean, I know I joked about him earlier. I do like him, but he's he's not, you know, an ideal lead running back. So I am going to go with the Broncos in this game. So get this, a stat that really jumped out at me. Since their 2015 Super Bowl win, this is their ninth starting quarterback, different starting quarterback for the Broncos. Um, that's that's really getting close to Cleveland Browns territory. Yeah, and even then, I'm going to take the Broncos because the Jets are literally that bad. I think the Broncos could win with a defensive touchdown here. Honestly, 
Uh, yeah, that's how bad the Jets are. And and you got to remember this Broncos team, even with the injuries, with Von Miller being gone, Drew Locke being gone, still took the Steelers to to the edge here. Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, so they still have a good defense. And like you said, the running game still it, it can work, uh, especially against these Jets. I I think they're going to get the win here. Uh, just to also bring up a fun fact and show just how dominant the Chiefs have been in the AFC West over the last you know, several years since the chiefs won their super bowl. They've only had one starting quarterback. Thank you. That's that's a great stat right there. That is a great stat. So one, one quarterback to nine quarterbacks since each of their last two super bowl wins. So, um, let that sink in. in (laughs) (laughs) Eat your hearts out Broncos. Yeah. (laughs) On saints and lions. This one's a tough pick. Lions got the win over the Arizona Cardinals, which was a shocker. Uh, yeah. Saints lose again in a close game to the Packers, but uh, they, they did score a little bit more points. Still questions about Drew Brees' arm, though. Who do you got in this one? I mean, I'm going the Saints. They did lose against the Packers, but this is kind of that that Cowboys scenario. It's There's no shame in losing to a team like the Packers, who everyone's already calling a Super Bowl contender at this, you know, three games into the season. Um, the Packers are obviously a really hot team right now. So again, no shame in losing to them. It was a close competitive game. Uh, the offense finally actually looked good. They they scored some points. Uh, Drew Brees didn't put up a ton of passing yards, but the passing game looked better. Uh, there's potential that Michael Thomas will be back this week. I know he's practicing on a limited basis right now. So they could potentially have him back, which would be a huge difference. Uh, and then on on the flip side, there's the Detroit Lions, who did just beat the Cardinals, but at the same time, it's the Detroit Lions. Um, <laughs> and you really just – you'd never know what you're going to get. I mean, they've got Stafford, who who I think is a really underrated quarterback. Um, they've got Adrian Peterson, who's still playing well. They've got DeAndre Swift. They've got Galladay. Um, I mean, they've got some players on the team, but they can just never – consistently put it together and even though they beat the cardinals who i'm a big fan of right now um i i don't have any faith in them at the moment so i'm going with the the saints on this yeah i'm gonna go Saints simply because i think the offense starting to click i do have legit concerns about about drew Brees. i think he might be at that point in his career where peyton manning started to you know he could still win games but he's not the quarterback he used to be i definitely think this is his last year but I think with Michael Thomas back, I think they could beat the Lions. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got Chargers and Bucks. Uh, Chargers had kind of a shaky performance last week. Justin Herbert didn't play the greatest, and they lost. They're going against the Bucks. Who do you got? I'm going Bucks. I mean, it, this is turning into what I thought it would turn into. The Bucks have looked good the last couple of weeks. Tom Brady's looking good. Uh, the run game is looking good. Uh, they're going to be without Chris Godwin again. It looks like, but. Uh, you know, Mike Evans, he's not putting up big yardage numbers this year, but I think he's got like four, four touchdowns on the season. Um, and three of them are like one yard touchdowns. So, I mean, he's obviously become Tom Brady's uh, red zone guy, but Gronk, Gronk has started to look like he's getting going again. Uh, they still have OJ Howard. Like I said, the running game is going. Um, I love what the Chargers are doing. I love Justin Herbert. I like Austin Eckler. Uh, Keenan Allen still, you know, still proving to be a, an effective receiver. I mean, he's still averaging, you know, 80 yards a game, give or take. Uh, so, I mean, he's still an effective receiver at this point. And uh, I like what the Chargers are doing, but I think the Buccaneers take this and it's probably a 10 point game, honestly. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, uh, 
I think Justin Herbert, he, he's he's now everyone got super hyped up week the, his first week, which rightfully so. The guy looked really good, but uh, yeah. in week one he made some rookie mistakes. In week two he's making some rookie mistakes now. And this week uh, I expect that to continue because Levante David, I'm telling you that guy right now is my defensive player of the year candidate. The guy's playing lights out, um, and for a rookie to have to com- go against that is tough for me. So I will welcome the Bucks uh, cleaning up the AFC West teams for us. Yeah, for sure. All right. This one's going to be a little interesting here. Jags and Bengals. Do the Bengals get their first win here? No. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's a, this is a really hard one because, I mean, the, the Jaguars obviously have their growing pains as well. They did just get beat by the Dolphins. Um, but I like Gardner Minshew. I like what they're doing. And at this point, the Bengals still haven't established a run game. Um, with Joe Mixon, which has been surprising. That's been the honestly kind of the the biggest disappointment this season for the Bengals um, has been Joe Mixon is, and it's it's not necessarily that he's running bad. It's that um, he he hasn't really had a lot of opportunities, and the opportunities he has had, he hasn't really taken advantage of. Um, he's not running consistently. Um, he's just kind of looking bad. I think that the uh, Jaguars with uh, James Robinson. I mean, he's looking good running the ball, looking good throwing the or uh, looking good catching the ball. Uh, Gardner Minshew. I mean, he's Gardner Minshew's a solid NFL quarterback. Um, I feel like if he was on the the Cardinals or if he was on some of these other teams, he he would be putting up some really great numbers. I believe. Um, so I like what the car or what the uh, Jaguars are doing throwing the ball. I like what they're doing running the ball. If they can get a little bit of defensive help, I think they win this game. So I'm I'm going to take the Bengals here. I think that really they're just I think what they're lacking right now is just putting it all together because uh, they barely lost their first game. The second game they got pretty close to the Browns. The third game obviously they tied the Eagles. Um, and I, I honestly think the Jaguars are kind of living on borrowed time. Like we even said at the beginning of the year, these guys should suck. On paper they should be awful. Uh, they lost in Gakwe. They lost a bunch of people on their defense, and they just don't have any. I mean, they really don't have any weapons. It's really not a pretty team. Gardner Minshew, I think, is like willing this team to to do as well as they have. But I think the Bengals are going to take the next step, and I think it's going to be a close one. But I think they win. Is it because they have Zach Taylor as their coach? Uh, I'm still hoping, honestly. I mean, the Huskers got to do something here. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. This one's going to be fun. Somebody's actually going to get a win here. Vikings at the Texans. Who do you got? Tie game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go the Texans on this game. Um, I liked how they played this last weekend. Um, Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's you know obviously head to head. He's he's twice the quarterback. Kirk Cousins is. Um, one of the biggest strengths of the Vikings is their run game, but they haven't really gotten Dalvin Cook going, I think, at full capacity this year yet. Um, throwing the ball has obviously been an issue this year. Um, the Texans haven't looked good, but I think they're going to be good enough to beat the Vikings. This one to me is tough because neither one of them have really showed much life. Um, the Vikings did take Tennessee to the wire, and honestly, the Texans put up a fight against the Steelers. So, uh, yeah. They both didn't have bad games last week, but I got to take the Texans here just for quarterback play alone. Um, yeah. I do think, like you said, Vikings are going to run the ball better. 
in theory have a better defense right now, but fantasy wise, they obviously didn't. Thanks, thanks a lot, Vikings. Uh, luckily, I got rid of them, and we'll talk about my fantasy wins here in a little bit because I can't wait. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking the Texans here. All right, two zero this week in fantasy. By the way, you play me this week, that won't happen. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, Seahawks at the Dolphins. This ought to be a barn burner. Who do you got? It's magic. Uh, <laughs> I would like to, honestly, but I'm, I'm going the Seahawks. Um, even with Chris Carson being hurt on a perfectly clean play, despite what Pete Carroll says. Um, I'm, I'm going the Seahawks because, again, they're, they're a better team. DK Metcalf is, is coming out as a legit number one receiver. Had a bit of a blunder last week, but he made up for it. He, I mean, um, he, he definitely made up for it. Uh, Tyler Lockett had three, I think, three first half touchdowns last week. Uh, I mean, so receiving wise, they're they're set. Um, they've got some decent running backs behind them. Russell Wilson, uh, you know, I think at this point is is leading the MVP race. Uh, the defense does have some question marks; they're a little banged up, but they're all, you know, again, they're playing the Dolphins. I think they're going to be good enough to win this game. And and uh, I, I again, I think the Seahawks probably put up 30 points and win by 10. Yeah, this is a, I, I like the way the Dolphins are playing right now, but I, I love the way Russell Wilson's playing watching ESPN Sunday countdown. You know, those guys that can't pick games and stuff. They said that uh, this Russ, let Russ cook movement uh, basically is saying, cause a couple of years ago, I think it was 2018. They tried to change it to a run first team all this stuff. Yeah. Well, this year they're embracing the, what the fans are calling the let Russ cook. And that's just basically saying, let them be what they are. And that's Russell Wilson throwing the ball. It's clearly working. He's broken Mahomes' record for the most touchdowns through three weeks on a fire pace to get possibly 70 touchdowns. If this keeps up, uh, I obviously don't think the dolphins can keep up. So I'm taking the Seahawks until they, until they prove me otherwise. Okay. This one ought to be a fun game. Hard-hitting Steelers at Titans. Uh, that big, bruising Steelers defense against the big, bruising Titans. Uh, probably on Monday, maybe Tuesday. Who knows what's going to happen in this game, but who do you got? Normally, I would pick Tennessee in this game, but I'm picking Pittsburgh because I don't know what what players are going to be out for the Titans. I don't know. At, at this point, we don't know if all those guys are going to be playing, um, if some of those guys are going to be playing, or if none of those guys are going to be playing. Um, plus, again, they're not going to get to practice really at all this week. So uh, going against a, a hot Pittsburgh team, I, I mean, I got to go with with the Steelers because of that, because of the circumstances. Normally, I would have picked the Titans, but because of this COVID situation, I am going with the Steelers in this one. I will say, and not to, you know, I'm not dissing any of these guys with COVID or anything, but the three players they are losing – are defensive linemen, long snapper, and a practice squad guy. So, yeah, uh, I don't think it's too. I mean, obviously, the long snapper could be huge. Defensive lineman's pretty good, but well, there's a fourth guy that tested positive today. Oh, too. was there? I didn't see that. I, I didn't see who it was, but there was a fourth guy actually earlier. As long today. as it's not Derrick Henry, I'm gonna take the Titans. <laughs> uh, no, I I really like the, the Steelers too. I think these are are really good teams right now. Both of them, yeah. hard hitting teams, but. I think they got to get Derrick Henry rolling more than they are. Uh, I mean, the other day, Ryan Tannehill was actually like the MVP of the team for the Titans throwing touchdowns. They need to get back to that identity of pounding the football. And we've seen even the the Broncos without Drew Locke put up a fight. And the Steelers 
I feel like they haven't really played anyone with that powerful run game yet. Even like the Texans last week, they don't have a run game. Uh, I like, <laughs> I can't say I like David Johnson. I liked David Johnson before he screwed my fantasy team over, but he's not near, he's not near the run game that, that Derrick Henry is. So I'm going to pick the Titans here. All right. Were you saying, were you bad mouthing my fantasy team there? Multiple times. Okay. Yeah, perfect. This ought to be close. Browns at Cowboys. Who do you got? Cowboys by 40. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I do I do like how the Browns are playing. They're running the ball well, but the Cowboys, I mean, their their defense, it's not playing great against the run, but it's not their weakness. Their weakness is the passing game. But at the same time, where the Browns start struggling is where they let Baker Mayfield sling it down the field, you know, and sling it all over the field, really. Um and and so it's kind of a weakness versus a weakness there. Uh, and a strength versus, a, you know, I don't want to say strength versus strength, but a strength versus adequate ability um, in terms of the run, you know, in terms of the run game. So, um, <clears throat> but the offense for the Cowboys is clearly better than the than uh, the Browns, and I think the defense will be good enough to 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 slow the Browns down a little bit. Um, so I'm going Cowboys on this. I just want to quote what Booger McFarland says. Cowboys defense stinks. It just flat out stink. That's what he said. Uh, okay. But yeah, the Browns can't keep up on offense. I, I think the Cowboys. I'm going to say this again, and I'm getting tired of saying it, but this is this is, this has to be a statement game for the Cowboys. Yeah. At some point, they have to come out and just blow somebody out and remind everyone that they're a playoff caliber team. Uh, they've been fortunate that the rest of the division sucks, so they're really still in control of their own Whatever. I mean, if they start winning games right yeah. now, everyone will forget about the things that happened earlier in the season. So this yeah. has to be the game, though. Like if they can't, if they can't dominate this game, I'm going to stop saying statement games and just acknowledge that they're just okay. Um, I I'll say the one one final thing before we move on. I'm going to say the Cowboys, and this is to to my Booger McFarland prediction. The Cowboys win this game because they score more points. Ooh, that is a Booger insight right there. That is a yeah. So that, that's how that goes. <laughs> All right, we got the Cardinals who lost to the Lions playing the Panthers. Who you got? Um, I'm I'm going the Cardinals. Um, I still think talent wise they're a better team than the Panthers. The Panthers had a good win last week. I'll give that to them. Um, the Cardinals they didn't really play terribly, but they were obviously misfiring a little bit last week when they lost to uh, when they lost to uh, the Lions, but. Um, I mean, they're still throwing the ball like crazy. Uh, uh, Kyler Murray runs. I mean, he's probably the second best running quarterback in in the NFL, but he can actually throw the football. Um, DeAndre Hopkins has looked phenomenal. Kenyon Drake is looking solid. He's not, you know, he's not tearing it up, but I mean, he's on pace for a thousand yard season and and five or six touchdowns, which is good. Um, the defense plays solid. Um, and without Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers, I just I don't think they're going to be able to keep up offensively. So, yeah, to me, it's as simple as what you just said. No Christian McCaffrey or McCaffrey, McCaffrey, sorry, and a new head coach that I don't even think was ready for an NFL job. I don't think the Panthers are quite there yet. So Cardinals. All right. All right. This one's going to be, I know, difficult for you. Your Bears uh, going against the Colts with Philip Rivers. Who do you got? I'm going Colts. 
Um, I've, you know, I, I picked him as my, my division winner for, for the AFC South. Um, so this is a, a battle of two division winners for me, honestly, but I, I like the Colts. I like what the Colts are doing so far. Um, obviously they slipped up week one, but they've come out the last two weeks. They've looked good. They've run the ball really well. Jonathan Taylor, um, I mean, just carrying over what he did in college. He's looking like a beast at running back. Uh, Philip Rivers. Um, is throwing the ball well, and they're almost in that position the Browns are in, where I think they're they're protecting Philip Rivers from himself. They're not putting him in situations to to screw him over. Essentially, they're putting him in situations to move the ball uh, and to open up the run game using the pass. Uh, but they're not putting him in situations to to get himself in trouble. And and uh, you know Nick Foles came out played well last week but Nick Foles has also been an inconsistent quarterback in his career he's injury prone uh the Bears offense you know has still looked bad I mean they're they're still not a great offense they lost uh Tariq Cohen for the year to a torn ACL um so I think uh I think the Colts are gonna are gonna take this one I'm gonna go Bears here I'm still not sold on the Colts I mean they lost to the Jags week one they beat up on the Jets who I think I think like the local high school team where I live could probably beat the Jets right now. Um, so I don't I, you know, I'm not putting a lot of stock into how good the Colts have played. The Bears, though, I you know, I kinda like when Nick Foles came in, they the stat sheet looks a little weird because he has an interception, but it really wasn't a pick. If you watch the game, it was a it was a tie ball. The receiver caught it, the defender took it from him in the end zone. Any other game, it probably ruled a touchdown, but they overturned it. He would have had four touchdown passes had he actually uh, kept playing. So he he's added like a spark to this team that made the offense look good. I think they continue that this week. The defense can still play pretty well, and uh, I'm just not sold in the Colts. So I'm going to take your Bears. All right. Which is hard to believe that the Bears can be 4-0, but it yeah, that's cra- Yeah, that's crazy. All right, we got the Ravens coming off that Monday Night Football ass whooping going against the Washington <laughs> football team. Who do you got? Uh, I mean, I'm going Ravens, obviously. Uh, Washington, <laughs> Washington, Washington is, is just – they're not a good football team at the moment. Um, but, I mean, they're in that they're in that Dolphins-Bengals thing. What I'm looking for in this game is Washington to compete, You know, Dwayne Haskins to continue to progress. Um, he's actually played better this year than I thought he would. Uh, Terry McLaurin has actually played pretty well, um, averaging, I think, right around 80 or 90 yards a game receiving. Um, but the defense isn't going to be good enough to to keep up with. You know, the, the, the Washington defense, it's the same thing I said a couple weeks ago against the Cardinals. Uh you know, they, they rely on speed and the Cardinals use the speed of Kyler Murray to just tear them apart, basically, uh, and make them over pursue. And, you know, they use Washington's own speed against them. And the Ravens are a better version of what the Cardinals do in that situation. So uh, I, I think the Ravens plus the Ravens are going to be pissed. Let's be honest. Um, so, I mean, I think they're going to come out and this is going to be a, a 35 to 10 kind of game. <laughs> so here's what happens every year. And I don't know why it ends up happening, but uh, the Ravens lose to the Chiefs. They get fired up the next week. They beat up some shitty team and everyone's like, the Ravens are back. And then they'll play okay until they play the Chiefs again or some other team that, let me just tell you this. See, the Ravens, they've been really successful the last couple of years, but look at their division over the last couple of years. Last year, Ben Roethlisberger's hurt. Steelers were garbage with Mason Rudolph as quarterback. The Bengals were the worst team in the NFL. 
The Browns are garbage. So they automatically get like six wins right there, just beating on those guys. Um, and they, I think they actually lost to the Browns last year. Um, yeah, week four. Yeah, week, week four. Chiefs. So what happens is they – and this happened with the Patriots too. They would lose to the Chiefs. They'd come back, rebound, win games. All of a sudden, everyone's all back on the bandwagon. Uh, it would even surprise me if the Ravens went out from here that somehow they – get put as a number, you know, ranked as the power rankings, number one team over the Chiefs. But uh, that's my long way of saying the Ravens win, I guess. But, uh, yeah, look for the, the the crazy media backlash of the Ravens are back. Lamar Jackson's back to being a Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, yep. You know, Washington football teams, that kind of team that can make him look like that. They are indeed. Okay. We got the. We probably need to pick this game. We got the New York Giants without Saquon Barkley traveling to the Los Angeles Rams. Who do you got? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm going Rams. That's I mean, Rams good, Giants bad. I think that's enough. I I, I repeat the sentiment: Rams good, Giants bad. Rams almost had a comeback against the Bills. It was a really entertaining game. Yeah. Yeah. Giants suck. So we'll move on. This one's going to be fun. It's it's not the the typical hype I would have for a Patriots Chiefs game, but Cam Newton's look good. The Patriots have looked good. Beat the Raiders this last week. Chiefs coming off that Monday Night Football performance, but with a really dinged up secondary. Who do you got? I'm I'm going the Chiefs, but I do believe this is going to be a close one. Um, I think the the Patriots will run the ball better against the uh, the Chiefs and the the Ravens did. Um, you know, it's it, the linebackers for the Chiefs played really well against Lamar Jackson, surprisingly. But um, the difference the difference between Lamar Jackson and and Cam Newton is, you know, I think like two or three inches in height and about forty pounds in weight. Um, he's a tank running at those linebackers. It's a little bit different story trying to stop him. So um, I do believe it's going to be a close game. I think the Patriots are going to put up some points. I think they're going to take advantage of that secondary. I think they're going to take advantage of those linebackers. They're going to put up some points, um, but I think the Chiefs will will score enough points to win this one, um, but it, it will be close. I think it'll be decided by a touchdown or less. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Patriots. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so Here's what I'm going to say about Cam Newton. Uh, he's been really good at running the football. I haven't seen the accuracy that he had at Carolina. I mean, I saw a couple throws in this last game watching that. It was not an exciting game, honestly, the the Raiders-Patriots game. He he looked shaky. He threw some really bad passes. Um, I think the Chiefs are actually lucky coming against off of a game plan where they defended a running quarterback to having to defend another running quarterback. Like you said, obviously different type of runners, but same principle. Contain them. Make Cam run between the tackles make him throw it down the field. And I think they're going to have, I don't want to say similar results because I don't think they blow the Patriots out, but Patriots defense right now can't stop the Chiefs either. So Cam Newton's going to have to put up 28, 35 points to beat the Chiefs, and I just don't think he can do it. So I'm going Chiefs. All right. All right. Speaking of the Raiders, they are hosting the Buffalo Bills, who are looking real good. Who do you got? I'm going the Bills. Um, I, I love what the Raiders are doing. I think they're playing great this year. Um, Derek Carr's throwing the ball well. Josh Jacobs running the ball well. Um, but the Bills are are just, I mean, the Bills are great. Um, Josh Allen, I mean, quietly putting together an MVP caliber season. Um, if I had, you know, if I picked my top five in, in MVP right now, Josh Allen's probably number four, honestly. 
um, only behind Russell Wilson, Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, that's not bad company to be behind. Those are, you know, three MVPs right there. Uh, uh, three MVP caliber. Obviously, Russell Wilson hasn't won an MVP yet, but I think he's on his way to it. But, um, I mean, Josh Allen is is having a phenomenal season. Uh, Stephon Diggs has looked great in Buffalo. Um, defense slipped up a little bit against the Rams this past week, but I still think the defense is great. Um, the the Rams offense has played awesome this year, so I don't think there's any any shame in allowing you know a good amount of points to them. So um, I, I'm taking the Bills in this one, though. I think again, their offense is great, defense is great. Um, Raiders are looking good. They're just they're just not quite there yet. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bills, and here's what I like about the Bills. When I see them, they remind me of the Chiefs a couple years ago where they've got the strong-arm quarterback who, by the way, looked phenomenal last week. Uh, and for my fantasy team, he's right now the, I think, number two, maybe even number one-ranked quarterback. Probably number two, Hunter Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah. But the guy's averaging 30 fantasy points a week. And the reason I like it is because even though they have games like the Rams game last week, they're being quietly one of those teams that I was talking about earlier where they got a chance at the end. They won a game. I mean, it was a comeback win because they, they actually let the Rams come back and take the lead. They drove down one in the end. Josh Allen did. So like you said, he's quietly putting together an MVP caliber season. And the other thing I like about him and, and the way they remind me of the chiefs is they're flying under the radar. Uh, like we even even myself, I was just talking about Dak Prescott and all the quarterbacks that he's joining, and I did I left out Josh Allen. Josh Allen's better than Lamar Jackson right now. Josh Allen's better than Deshaun Watson right now, um, and he can run too. I mean, this guy's this guy's the real deal, and it, and he's they're easy to forget just because they're in Buffalo, kind of like before Mahomes. Kansas City was just a an afterthought for everybody. Nobody outside of you know the local teams really knew what was going on with Kansas City, and that's what I see in the Bills, and I really like it. I think they beat the Raiders here. Yeah, absolutely love them. All right, we got your favorite team here, the Eagles, going against the 49ers who just don't have anyone left on their team, but who do you got? I bleed green. Go birds. No. Uh, <laughs> uh I mean I'm going I'm I'm going to go the 49ers, even though I'm not 100% sure who's starting between uh, Mullins and Garoppolo at this point. But at this, you know, at this point for the Eagles, I don't think it really matters. Um, they're just kind of a mess of a team. Uh, and I think the 49ers, even with all those injuries, are still a better team than the Eagles at, at this point. So, um, I, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the 49ers. I got to tell you, this is really tempting for me to pick the Eagles because I feel like Carson Wentz is oh. going to have one of those games where it comes out throws three, four touchdowns and makes everyone, you know, forget about the whole benching him comments. But I think even with, with Bosa gone, the 49ers defense is still legit. So I got the 49ers winning too, just off the run game. All right. This final game here, instead of picking the winner, we're going to pick how many points the Falcons blow the lead by. <laughs> no, it's the Falcons at the Packers Monday night football. Who do you got? Um, I've got Dan Quinn losing his job. It's what I've got. Ooh, uh, that's a bit big, but I like it. Uh, I mean, I'm going the Packers on this one. I, 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 I mean the the Falcons mentally have to be shot at this point. Um, I mean, they've got to have zero confidence, and they've got to be heading into this game knowing that they've got to score probably 45 points to 
even have an opportunity to win this game. Um, Cause I mean, they scored 39 against the Cowboys and still lost, still gave up that lead um, scored over what I think 30 points, I think um, last yeah. week and, and lost the game. So, I mean, the last two weeks are averaging 34, 35 points and they're Owen two. Um, and now they're going against, you know, the guy who I would have at number two, maybe number three in the MVP voting right now. Um, so I, it's, I think this is going to be an ugly game for him. Um, they'll probably put up some points, but I still think that they lose by 10 points. Yeah. So I, I agree with the mentally shot comment. I mean, I saw a stat. It wasn't a stat. ESPN's got the game predictor on the game cast where it shows how, the percentage of your chances of winning. The last two weeks, the Falcons have had over like a 95% chance of winning the game, and they're 0-2 in those games. Uh, this could honestly be another one of those games. I mean, the Packers have had a couple of games where they start slow. Falcons could jump up 14 points, and they're going to lose this game. Uh, Packers offense just too too strong, especially against that Falcons D. So I'm going Packers, and, and honestly, if I'm the Falcons, I'd rather just get blown out than have to another comeback loss. So, yeah. That's uh, that's where I'm landing there. All right, all right. So ESPN, take note because that's uh, that's how you pick games right there. Okay, that's how it's done. <laughs> you got any more headlines you're looking at this week? Um, yeah. I mean, just kind of we've covered a little bit of them, but I mean, just seeing how the Falcons come out and react is kind of a big one. Um, seeing if the Bills can can get to four and zero. Um, the surprising Bears potentially getting to four and zero. You know, even the Chiefs Patriots, like you said, there's not as much hype there as with Tom Brady. It's not, you know, Patrick Mahomes trying to get over that Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady is still, you know, to Patrick Mahomes what Mahomes is to to uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, there's not any of that, but there is Andy Reid versus Bill Belichick. Um, Andy Reid typically doesn't play Belichick very well. Um, so I mean, there there is still that mental thing for for Andy, I believe, going against uh, Belichick. So there's a little bit of intrigue there. Um, and then, I mean, other than that, really, really not too much. I, I one one thing I do want to point out. I know we haven't really uh, covered college football this year like we did last year because it's kind of a weird season, honestly. Um, just don't really have the time for that. But I do kind of want to point out that. Uh, uh, Mike Leach in, in uh, Mississippi State um, did what everyone said they couldn't do in the SEC, and that was throw it 50 times and, and win, and they threw it 60 times and beat the defending national champion. So I just kind of want to point out the hilarity of that. Uh, I, still blame, I still blame Bo Pelini. Yeah. <laughs> Ex-Husker bastard is the yeah. D coordinator at LSU now. Yep, yep. And he, uh, yeah, that, and that's what – it is it is exciting to see somebody in the SEC doing that because they obviously we've said it before. There's obviously a, a bias, yeah. and I don't know whether it's undeserved because the SEC is a great conference and they really are good teams. But it's yeah. fun to see that a Big Twelve type offensive mind can come in there and get it done. So it's really fun to see. Yeah, and and like I said, against the defending national champions, and it's like obviously they lost a lot of key pieces and everything, but. You know, for for basically since Mike Leach got hired at Mississippi State, everyone said, well, you know, you you can't run that style of offense. You can't run that spread offense and throw it 50 times and throw it, you know, do all this stuff. And and not only did he throw it 50 times, he threw it 60 times for over 600 yards and beat the defending national champions. 
Um, to me, I mean, it, it just, there was no better satisfaction of this college football season than watching that game. Uh, and that's even with Texas having a, you know, a, a crazy comeback win against uh, Texas X. So, um, I mean, to me that, that just absolutely made the college football season so far. Um, so that's just kind of something to keep an eye on, on the college side. I know we haven't really touched on college too much this year. Yeah. Um, probably get back to it next year, but in you know, touch on some, some headlines later on or throughout the year. But, um, I, I don't know. It's just kind of a fun thing to, to, to see. Yeah. I'd just like to point out too, that, uh, with my fantasy win in the gridiron authority league, I have moved into fourth place just above Mike's team. Yeah. Place. So we're both one and two, but I've got uh, more points for, so, uh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm in this game. I'm excited. Yeah, but in the other league, what are you? Are you dead last or second to last? Uh, let see. Are. I'm also fifth place. Oh, you're fifth place in that? I think yeah. I'm second place in that one. So Second second in the division. Only behind, huh? only behind your wife. Yeah, who's first in the league, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, she's one, I'm two. So my yeah. average. My average position is better than your average position, and I've got <laughs> I've got more wins than you overall. So Where are you at the end? That's what matters. Uh, okay, well then we'll we'll see. So oh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> you, you struggle against me at least in the regular season. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. <laughs> All I got to say is five championships. What? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike, why don't you tell them where else they can listen to us? Yeah, obviously, always check us out on gridironauthority.com. You can check us out on Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, Apple Music, uh, anything like that. Check us out anywhere you listen to podcasts or stream music. Uh, find us on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Facebook as well. Um, like, subscribe, and uh, tell your friends about us. And if you guys want to sign a petition to get ESPN to hire us to make their picks for them, that's great, too. Just go ahead and start that. Yeah. Also, if you want to start a GoFundMe page for the FCC fines that ESPN <laughs> contract, um, feel free to do that as well. Yeah, we may need that. Um, or a medical bill for when one of us mouths off to a pro athlete. So, <laughs> when uh, Tony Bruschi kills me, you might want my funeral bills. As I say, Keith's not a fast runner, and I think Tim <laughs> will run a sub five forty. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you want to? I bet I'm at least sub seven now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, go fund me for medical bills and go fund me for uh, FCC fines. Also start those. So three petitions and start. Get on that, guys. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next time.